Week one, we looked at Jesus as the starting point to our faith that everything in life at some level has a starting point and faith is no different. Jesus is that starting point. Tonight, we want to look at a problem that we all have and how Jesus meets us in that problem. And so, do you guys mind starting this time off and, and praying with me just one more time? God, there is... An element, yes, where our lives are a walking, talking, living, breathing testimony to something that is real and, and even further, somebody who is real. Jesus, I believe that you are real. I believe that you bring meaning to this experience, Father. I believe that these efforts are not in vain because you meet us in the greatest problem that we all have and you bring yourself. I love you, Jesus. Thank you for being the whole reason that we're here. In your name, amen. My son just turned, how old did he just turn? I think he turned eight. I think he's an eight-year-old now. He's an eight-year-old. Uh, my son just turned eight, and one of the presents that he got uh, was a, a scooter, an electric scooter from Amazon. Uh, grandma got it for him, fun gift, and uh, it uh, broke after the second day. And so like a good mom, like Mindy, you would do as well, uh, my Ava, Ava called Amazon and said, the scooter's broken, and I need you to fix it. And so this lady's having a conversation conversation with her and then all of a sudden she's like okay here's here's the problem yada 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 and and Ava's like she started reading from a script and she, Ava got enraged uh enraged I mean, maybe that's genuine I don't know but anyways she was like well the lady was like so have you checked out the the charger and it was like yes I checked the charger have you tried a new charger no, you sent me one charger. Uh, have you tried a different power outlet? Yes, I've tried a different power outlet. And the lady puts her on hold, comes back and is like, okay, we're going to send you a mailing labor label. You get a box and just mail it back to us and we'll, and we'll send you a new one. And it was like, no, it's my son's birthday present. This is your fault. Like, send me a new one. Send me a new charger. Like, you send me something. Don't send me a mailing label. The lady on the phone and Ava saw the problem differently and then saw the solution different. How to fix the problem was different based on how you saw the problem itself. We don't look for the right fix when we don't understand the problem. This is, this is like the GM of a sports team that tries to buy all of the talent but doesn't put the right coach in place to manage all of the talent. This is like the person that's always saying, money problem, money problem, money problem. I need new, I need more money to make all of my money problems go away when the fix might actually be how one spends their money. Sometimes we don't look to Jesus as the solution because we don't see the problem that we all have. Can Buddha help you with your problem of sin? How? He had sin. Can Muhammad help you with your problem of sin? How? He had sin. Can the Pope, uh-oh, can the Pope help you with your problem of sin? He may be a good guy, but even he has sin. 
when we think about the problem of sin, there is only one place to go, the foot of the cross. And so tonight I want to look at uh, uh, the scene, uh, a scene from the, the, the cross in, in Luke chapter 23. Would you, would you read this now with me? Two others who were criminals. And I want to pause there because you're going to see this throughout the text. Luke does a very good job of highlighting three people are dying as criminals, but only two are criminals. Two others were criminals, were led away to be put to death with him. He's distinguished. He's not, he's not really with them. And, and when they came to the place that is called the skull, there, uh, there they crucified him and the criminals. Again, distinguished. One on his right hand and one on his left. And Jesus said, Jesus is in the middle. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his, his garments. And two people stood by watching, but the rulers scoffed, scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers mocked him. Everybody's mocking, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him. This is the king of the Jews. That is the scene that, that we are looking at today. This is a scene where, 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 they're, where they're making fun. They are mocking. And, and it says that Jesus is praying for them. And, and that verbiage of, of praying is in, in a certain Greek tense that would insinuate that throughout the whole process, not just one time, throughout the whole process, Jesus is praying for these very people. He leads by example, praying for his enemies, the ones that are in the process of killing him. Jesus is praying for. And we think praying for our enemies is tough. We've never been in that situation. Citizens uh, uh, and the Roman rulers and whatnot and the Jewish rulers, anybody that was present would have been encouraged to taunt those that are dying. And so they are. They're doing what would be customary at, at any crucifixion. Taught the people that are dying. It's supposed to be humiliating. And in their minds, they're coming at Jesus because they think the fact that he's dying on the cross proves that he's not the Messiah. And so they're using his words. They're using his good to shame him, to ridicule him. Save others, he saved others. Can't he save himself? Their sarcasm shows how confident and how passionate they are. They're comfortable with his death, but they're wildly misjudging. They're, wi they're wildly wrong. There's a crucial error. They think it is impossible for Jesus to be Messiah because of the scene that is before them, yet that very scene is what makes him Messiah. They are wildly wrong. Their judgment is wrong. We look back and say they are foolish. I felt foolish the other day. 
Uh, I, it happens to me a lot. But uh, on Monday we had we had staff meeting, and uh, and Gil is now the uh, the GM, if you will, of of the well. Uh, Noah has uh, has taken another job. He helped establish it, and Gil has Gil has taken over. So welcome, welcome Gil to the well. And so he's part of our organization. He comes to staff meeting. Monday was his first day, kind of solo GM, if you will, after some training. And uh, I get a phone call. I'm talking with Graham. I get a phone call. Gil's locked out, and uh, and so I leave the staff room that, well, you can't see, but it's over there. And I leave the staff room. I come down this hallway. I see Gil in the window. And so I see Gil at the bottom of the stairs, but I can't see the stairs through the door, the glass door there. And so I'm walking up to the door and I was like, I kind of, I kind of have to like give him a little, a little hard, a hard time, you know, rough him in, you know, break him in if you will. And, uh, and so I go to open the door and I go to shout, what? You're not coming and bearing any gifts? You're not, you're not going to treat us to anything? You don't have any treats? Like I went to like kind of shame him. And as I open the door, Gil has turned around to the stairs and picked up two containers. And he, and he says, I got, I, I made this new burrito that I want you and, you and Graham to try out. And I laughed at him. I was like, dude, I got to tell you, I was just about to yell at you for not bringing treats to us. And here you go holding treats. I'm so glad I kept my mouth shut. (laughs) I was wildly mistaken. And P.S., that burrito is killer. It's like the bean team or whatever he's calling it. I think he added some bacon. Graham and I ate the whole thing. It was nothing short of delightful. But I was wildly mistaken and almost put my foot in my mouth. They're looking at the scene They think it is right. They think it is good, but they are wrong. That is the problem with sinful people. We often are wrong, and to be wrong is hard to admit. If they had the right vision, if they had the right understanding, they would look at the cross as a ransom. That we have a debt over our lives because of our problem with sin. And Jesus is the payment for that debt. They would look at it as a substitution where over our lives because of sin is required the penalty of debt and Jesus as the substitute is dying in my place. If they had the right vision, they would look at what God is doing here through Jesus Christ and say, through faith in him, I can be declared righteous and stand before God holy and perfect instead of ridiculing the Son of God. Have you ever thought about the problem of sin? Does it drive you to hate God? Then you might not understand the problem and the solution. Like those that day that had so much to say at the cross, when we die and meet God, will you, like me with Gil, be ready to insult somebody that's had their hands out with a gift for you? continues. Here's, here's how it goes. One of the criminals who, who were hanged, railed at him, riled at him, saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. He's poking fun. He's mocking. It continues. Now the people, this, this criminal is comfortable with this, but the other rebuked him saying, do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, he knows that they deserve this. For we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man, this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. 
Everybody's comfortable making fun of Jesus. And so with this one criminal's final breaths, he decides that he's going to mock Jesus while asking something of Jesus. Did you catch that? He's making fun of Jesus and then asking, save me too. I don't think that couldn't define our culture any better, could it? Looking to God and yet making fun of God. But the other criminal is different. The good criminal admits that he is wrong, pleads with Jesus for forgiveness and mercy. He, besides Jesus in the scene, he's, he's the most humble person there, hanging on the cross and looking to Jesus. Deathbed conversions can be sincere until your final breath here on earth, you can turn to Jesus. The one criminal is convinced that Jesus has nothing to offer while the other one is asking based on his authority as king, Jesus, count me among the saved. His faith moved him to look at Jesus differently. Jesus, be my defense. Jesus, you're being crucified unjustly. For me, it is just. It's an expression of faith. It's an expression of faith that he would look at the cross and say, this is so absurd, yet I see this is what makes you king. He died a very lucky person to die next to Jesus and have that chance in his final moments. So which, which criminal are you? For me, I, I see that first criminal played out in, in a scene that, uh, I'll play it out like this. Five years ago or so, I went to a Phillies game, and I, and I think I've mentioned this, you guys know this is a pet peeve of mine. Uh, I went to a Phillies game, it was, the, they had a home opener against the Red Sox, so I took my kids, we're all dressed up in our Red Sox gear, and, uh, and we're, I had my Kurt Schilling jersey, so he used to play for the Phillies, and everything was good. And so we're there, we're watching, and, and, and it was probably the first time that this really caught my attention, because we're, yeah, we're around some, some people that are just younger than Ava and I, and they were there having a good time. And, uh, and right away, like before the first pitch, it's just beer after beer after beer. It was, you know, I, I saw, I heard their conversations. I don't know exactly what they were doing on their phone, but it was a lot of swiping, if you will. And uh, I'm seeing this scene play out and, uh, and just like kind of like getting to the point where it's like, hey guys, like there's some kids right here. And it was kind of just like, man, like, Man, my kids. And, uh, and then we get to the seventh inning, and there's a seventh inning stretch. And then there's that, that thing that you do at a baseball game where you sing, God bless America. And, and for the first time, it hit me that the whole stadium erupted, and they're all belting out, God bless America. And I'm watching the people that were right around me, hearing everything that they were talking about, Hearing, seeing everything they were doing, seeing how drunk they will, were at that time, but then getting up. God bless America. And like belting, owning it. And in my mind, I'm like, you're verbalizing and, and asking God for his blessing, but you want nothing to do with God. The truth is we are all criminals and the brewing question here in the text is which criminal are you? Are you the one looking for a handout or are you the one looking to the nail pierced hands? Are you the one fully aware of who Christ is looking for mercy or are you the one expecting 
receiving mercy while saying with an ear attitude to heck with you. And here's how Jesus now responds to the, the good criminal, if you will. He says this very simply. And he said to him, truly I say to you, today, this very day, you will what? Be with me in paradise. That's the gospel message. That's the gospel presentation, if you want to use that language. Jesus, up until this point, uh, I, I checked out the ESV in the blueletterbible.com. Jesus had never used the word paradise up until this point, but the man said it. So Jesus is now speaking his lingo and, and referencing paradise. And, and what is the gospel presentation? The gospel presentation is the action of the cross and the affirmation of the man's statement. I see your faith. I affirm it. Today you will be with me in paradise. There's no tests of sincerity. There's no do this, do this, do this. I see your faith. And what is Jesus saying? You're welcomed in. Jesus doesn't look at the man as a waste of breath. He doesn't look at the man as physically too far gone, spiritually too far gone. He doesn't look at the man and say, there's no hope for you. Why? Because wherever Jesus is, there is hope. And so I believe there's hope for you, as there's been hope for me. The sin of mankind that Jesus is dying for includes the man next to him. So good news for you and for I, there is still hope of eternal life in a relationship with Jesus Christ. This man is, because of his faith, welcomed into paradise that very day. It's grace, it's mercy, it's, it's all of it. When I was on vacation two or three weeks ago, I, uh, I was back home in New Hampshire and one of the evenings, it was a nice evening and I, I went for a walk with my mom and my five-year-old daughter, Reagan. We went to uh, the, kind of all, the, all those kind of schools are in the same area and so we, we started at some tennis courts and walked up by some other athletic fields and then walked around the elementary school, the middle school, and then back over to the high school and just, for me, it was like memory lane all over again from back in the day. It was like 17 years ago, 20 years ago, I don't know, whenever I graduated. I graduated a long time ago. It's more years than that. And, uh, and, so, <laughs> uh, and so anyway, so we're walking down memory lane and uh, a whole lot of memories came out. It was kind of surreal to be walking where my mom dropped me off to school one day, yet I'm walking with my five-year-old daughter who would be going to this school if we had lived there and whatnot. And so uh, it's all these memories. And, and two memories that I want to I bring up here is, is kind of baseball related because I walked by the Little League field and one of, one of my favorite memories is, is I, I was a good pitcher in Little League when the mounds were a little bit shorter because I really loved cupcakes. And so like as a, as a chunkier little kid, I could, I could throw the ball really hard, but then the, like, then the distance went further and I lost my fastball. And so I got shelled later on. So I quit baseball and played soccer. And so, uh, but early on, I, threw, I remember throwing a fastball and one of the guys that was like in Little League, but you're like, I think he does steroids. He hit that ball so it was a foul ball, thank the Lord, but it was the farthest ball I've ever seen hit. And the somebody yelled from the crowd, let's not throw that pitch again. And it made me chuckle and then it made me mad. And so, but that, so that's one memory. But an, an, another memory is pitching and getting shelled. I got destroyed 
It was one of those like butt kickings as a pitcher. I don't even think I made it two innings where I was like, I am never playing baseball again. I think it was actually on, on an all-star team. And I go back the next, ga- next day, next game, and everybody knew I should be right. I expected to be sitting on the bench. And the players knew it. The coaches knew it. Everybody knew it. My, I knew it. My parents knew it. Why come? Because I just got destroyed. I should not be playing at all. And, and I show up, and my coach, Mr. Siegel, hands me the ball and says, you're pitching today. And, and I kind of was like, were you there last game? And it was one of those moments where I was like, all right. And I pitched, and it was the greatest game I ever pitched in my life. I, I threw a one hitter. One guy got a hit off of me. We won the game by a lot. Why? Because my coach, I don't even know why, saw something in me, filled me with hope, and it, and it, and it empowered me forward. I've also walked down memory lane this week as I've looked at this text. Because the foot of the cross is everything. Jesus is everything. And so as I've walked down memory lane and remembered my first love, I'm reminded of grace. This is undeserved. I deserve nothing. I am a piece of trash. Until Jesus picks me up out of the garbage and says, you are everything. It's mercy that says, I deserve death. You deserve death. But I'm going to show you mercy, forgiveness. I'm reminded of how undeserving I am, but God, who looks at me and says, you're welcomed. You matter. You are not the sum of your past. You are not the sum of your sin. You are the sum of me. You are who I say you are, and you are a child of God since you have put faith in me. You are the sum of Jesus. And when Jesus is embraced, he doesn't leave us where he finds us. He pushes us forward to something that is better because he is better. And so my question to you, as you and I have a problem with sin together, are you ready to embrace Jesus? And if you embrace Jesus, you're embracing grace. You don't deserve this, but Jesus gives this to you. You do deserve, you do deserve the wrath of God, but you embrace Jesus and so you embrace mercy. You embrace Jesus and you're embracing love for God so love the world. You embrace Jesus and you're embracing forgiveness. You embrace Jesus and as he was the righteous, holy son of God where Muhammad, Buddha, the Pope, they all have sinned. Jesus is perfect. He is righteous and if he dies in your place, you put faith in him. You die righteous. And so if I'm going to boil this down, I think it comes to this. Grace is found when Jesus is embraced. Grace is found when Jesus is embraced. Here is a sinner. Here is a person hanging on the cross, looking to Jesus. Welcome me into your kingdom. You are king. And he finds grace. You and I all have this same problem. But God so loved the world. All of us have a problem and all of us are equally loved. The ground at the cross is level. We're equal at the cross. And Jesus stoops in. And so now is your time. Now is your time. You're not guaranteed your next breath. You're not guaranteed to wake up tomorrow. You're guaranteed nothing. But the option is yours right now. In your final breath, 
you can cling to the name of Jesus and be welcomed into the paradise. Why not do that now? So I'm going to pray and I'm going to invite you, whether you're in a living room, the beach, what it's, it's, it's Labor Day weekend, so on a boat, wherever you are, to pause. And if you've already said yes to Jesus, pray for the person next to you. But if you haven't taken that moment, it's the best thing you can do with your next breath is to say yes to relationship with Jesus. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to just give a few final thoughts. God, labor is not in vain because your Holy Spirit fills not this room. Your Holy Spirit fills this place. Father, you are everywhere. And wherever you are, there is hope. You're on the other side of whatever screen I am talking to. There is hope for anyone that would focus in on you. And so for those right now in this moment that are saying, now's the time. I've been the person mocking and now I don't want to mock any longer. I want to embrace. I want to accept. I want to be embraced. I want to be accepted. Would you pray something along these lines? Dear Father, I have mocked you long enough. Dear Father, I do have a problem with sin. I've been looking to myself to get myself out of the mess. I've been looking to others to get myself out of the mess that is sin. And I'm going nowhere else, no more. I'm going to you and to you alone in this moment and now and forevermore. Father, I am sorry for my sin. It breaks your heart. It puts your son on the cross. I am sorry. I'm undeserving. But I'm taking what you have offered to me through your son. Jesus, thank you for dying in my place and paying a penalty meant for me. I accept the gift of you, Jesus. And I want to walk and talk and live as you lived, walked and talked because you are now my king. In your name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, there will be a link below. We want to have a conversation. We want to follow up. We want to put a Bible in your hand. We want to get you started. We want to put a reading plan in your hand. It is, it is more than just a prayer as an insurance policy. This is now living as Jesus lived. And so comment in the link below or fill out the link below and we want to have a conversation with you. The question becomes now what? For us, yes, it's, this is a reminder of our faith. This is a time to worship as Christians as we look at what Jesus has said and what he has done. It's a reminder of not to forget our first love, that Jesus is my first love. Now, in response to all that Jesus has done for me, whether it was just now or whether it was years ago, in response to what Jesus has done for me, I live a life of gratitude. I move forward living a life saying, God, thank you with every breath that I am, everything that I do, every time I obey you, I am saying thank you. The reminder here is to stay humble as Christ was humble on the cross, but on the cross, was he focused on himself? Or was he praying for those killing him? 
Was he focused on himself or was he looking to the person next to him and saying, there's hope for you? So where do we move forward? We move forward living like our Jesus on mission to our dying breath. On mission with kindness for others because it's the kindness of the Lord that leads to repentance. What do we do moving forward? We, we love others and we have the name of Jesus on the tip of our tongues. Why? Because that's what Jesus did for us. What do we do? We don't look at a single person as too far gone. They are, they are so firm in their unbelief. There is no hope for them. No! We didn't say that about the person next to Jesus physically too far gone. He's dying on a cross too spiritually too... No! The person next to you, there is hope. The person on the other side of the screen, there is hope. So what do we do? We don't look at anybody as hopeless, but we look to be a beacon of hope. And so it's a challenge that I've made before. Pray for one. You know people right now without any hope you said yes to Jesus and you have all the hope in the world there's enough hope in Jesus to go around so we pray for one we pray for people that don't know Jesus we pray for them by name and we say that you matter to God and to me so maybe praying for one right now might be right now who is God bringing to mind as the most hopeless person you know last four, no, last five days, I've gotten wind of four people that have died of an overdose. They didn't die with hope. They went to drugs for hope. You don't have to go there. So who's the most hopeless person you can think of? And if you're thinking of yourself, pray that prayer and say yes to Jesus right now. But if you said yes to Jesus, my prayer is that, yes, there's probably going to be a link below. I, there's an Amazon link on where you can buy this book and understand what we mean when we say pray for one. But it's really simple. Pray for those that don't know Jesus and look to be used by God to bring, and to show them and to speak to them the gospel. That's my challenge. Because that's what I see Jesus doing with his final breath. Let me pray one more time. God, I thank you for this, this experience. Thank you for the, the men and women in this room helping make this happen. Father, I thank you for the, the worship team. I, I, I thank you for those that will edit. Lord, I thank you for the staff. I thank you for the elders. Lord, I thank you for... Father, I thank you that the mission of the church hasn't died just because culture got harder. Lord, I thank you that those that are watching that feel hopeless are, are the ones that that make this worth it because you say that they're worth it. You say to go on mission. And so, Father, would we be a church still on mission? Would we be a, a church so in love with you that we can't help but to speak of you? Would you be on the tip of our tongues because you are worth it and everybody matters to you? I love you, Jesus, in your name your powerful name.
Amen. Thank you for checking out a sermon recorded right here at Wellspring Church in Toms River. If it's your first time connecting with us, we'd love to stay connected with you. So don't forget to like and subscribe to this video. And then down in the description box below, there's ways to give online. There's our social media accounts. We'd love to stay connected with you throughout the week. We love and appreciate you, and we hope you have a fantastic week.